With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the show. Episode 355, what is it, December 14th, almost Christmas, 2022, and in studio... We got the man, Kyle Klingman. Um, had a Flow Sports offsite yesterday, kind of all company meeting and a holiday party tonight, so everybody's in yeah. town. It's How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. It was great to see you yesterday. I didn't get a chance to spend as much time with you yesterday as I would like, but that all changes today being in studio with the namesake of the Bader Show, Mark Bader. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so you're here, and I thought it'd be fun today just to like. Do the rundown with Kyle Klingman. Who's Kyle Klingman? Where did he come from? How did he get here? Yeah. All these things. Uh, obviously, I know you pretty well, but there's a lot I don't know about you. Um, you're from Iowa. I'm from Iowa. Cedar you, Falls that you call Cedar City or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You didn't – did you wrestle? I wrestled two years. I went junior high, seventh and eighth grade. Those are the only two years I wrestled. And then someone coaxed me into wrestling in a freestyle tournament my senior year, but that doesn't really count. Okay, why why did you wrestle, and then why didn't you wrestle? I did because it was accessible, and I wanted to try all the sports in junior high, but I was more equipped for running after junior high, so I just stuck with cross-country track during high school, which I think benefited me the most. Track? Well, just that I did not go out for wrestling because then I got to watch it, absorb it. We were winning state championships at Cedar Falls High School in Iowa at the time. So I got to watch, observe, ask questions, and really get a behind-the-scenes on that. So I think my advantage has always been that I did not wrestle because it keeps me curious and keeps me wanting to learn more about why this sport is what it is. You have a deep passion for the sport. Are you saying that started more when you stopped wrestling? I would say it started during wrestling because we'd have to go work tournaments. So we had this big Keith Young tournament at Cedar Falls High School. So we would go work the tournament. You'd see these guys. And then I would say it really got kicked into gear when I had a friend named Seth Van Gelder. His dad, Doug, 
would take us to different Iowa meets, and we went to the NCAA championships in 1995. So I just got obsessed with it in high school, and then that carried on into college where I really didn't study what I was supposed to study. I studied wrestling. That was my that was my degree. That's what I did. I went to the Smith Books. I knew exactly where all the wrestling books were in the library. So I was a junkie. I was obsessed with it, and I don't. My grades suffered because of it. I had a 3.2, something like that. But He's I, pretty smart. I could have done better, but wrestling was where, where my passion lied. And you, so this, but this passion came not from, it wasn't for physically wrestling. Like most wrestlers like wrestle and they, and they like the wrestling. Yours is like deep, wanting deep knowledge of the sport. It was. So my mom is from Stillwater, Oklahoma. So my family vacations were to Stillwater. So my mom went to Oklahoma State. She knew Jay Robinson, went to college with Jay Robinson, Fred Fazer, Gene Davis, all great wrestlers during that time. So we would take these trips, and we would go to the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, which was just five blocks away from where my grandma lived. So you just had this indoctrination into the sport. My dad would take us to Northern Iowa duels. So you had that combination of Oklahoma State. You had Northern Iowa right up the road from where we lived. And then you have a a friend who really introduces me to some of the other sides of the sport, going to the University of Iowa dual meets, taking me to the NCAA championships my senior year in college. And then it just never ended from that point. And when you have all that access of Iowa, Iowa State, Northern Iowa, my high school's winning state championships as a team. My friends are on the wrestling team. So you have all of that coming together in the state of Iowa, plus the Oklahoma State piece. And I was obsessed with Oklahoma State. So that was my thing is I had bumper stickers for Oklahoma State on the back of my vehicle. I get people flipping me off. Because you're in Iowa. Yeah, because I was in Iowa. (laughs) And I loved to rub it in at the time. It was part of my shtick. I like to be different. And so I would have these Oklahoma State bumper stickers. And, yeah, people didn't like it. But I didn't care because I was rubbing them wrong. So, after, so what was your first, so obviously we'll backtrack, you were here, you're at Flow, I mean at Track, you were at the Gable Museum, Um, but but going further back, like what was your introduction to, because I guess the Gable Museum's not wrestling media, but wrestling media or job or industry or like, how'd you get here? What was step one? First step was a show called Saturday Night Slam. It was out of Des Moines, Iowa. And so I was in Iowa City, Iowa, and I would have a, a tape recorder. And so we would tape the show. And I had a landline, and somehow it got connected in there. And all of a sudden, I was doing the show, and it was on at 10 o'clock at night, Central Time. And Where? I would. What's that? Where was it on? It was on, I think it was. 1460 KXNO. It was a radio show. Yeah, it was a radio show. And I had a 15-minute spot every Saturday at 10 p.m. It was a pro wrestling show, but they did an amateur wrestling piece every Saturday. So I was the host of that. So I would bring on guests for two years, I'm going to say, I was on that show. And I worked at Walmart. I was training for ultra marathons at the same time. But I just wanted to be in wrestling. And I moved out to Colorado Springs to train for a 100-mile race called Leadville 100. And so I still worked at Walmart, but I had access to USA Wrestling, so I got to know them. And so it was just all just finding your way in the door. And even though I'm working at Walmart, I was going to University of Iowa practices, got to know Tom Brands, got to know Gable. Tom Brands, for whatever reason, I still don't know why to this day he would do 1002, just all these access points that I wouldn't have had without him. 
And so certainly give him a lot of credit for the opportunities I have today. <laughs> this is wild. It's crazy, yeah, when you think about it. Because I don't think about it that often because it's what you go through. But I, I don't know why he would do that for me. Like, like take me back to, like, either your first interaction with Tom or maybe not your first, but that one when he's, like, the first time he came up to you and was like, hey, I'm going to take – you want to come to uh, Baltimore to the World Cup? Yeah, there, there was a, a relationship-building process. So yeah. it wasn't just, hey, do you want to go with me? Right. It was we. I came into the wrestling room with my dad, and he just came up and was friendly. and Like you guys just showed up at we the University of Iowa. Yeah, you had just this radio show. showed up in the wrestling show. room. Yep, and I just, he just, Tom introduced himself to me and my dad, and then my dad approached him about the possibility of meeting every now and then, and he was warm to it. And Just some random guys? Yeah, Say, hey, Tom, just some random guys. And, and you have connections, so you're not just... Oh, I know so-and-so. Yeah, yeah so there's connections that you have, kay. and you build a relationship from there, and it's pretty incredible to think about that. I'm going to guess six months later, we're driving out to Baltimore, Maryland for the, the World Cup with a couple other guys. And so pretty incredible that, that he would give me that access, Gable would give me that access at that time, and then it just continued on from there. So where'd you go from? You, so what was it called? Saturday Night, Saturday Night Slam? Saturday Night Slam. It, it was a pro wrestling show, and you had a little segment on we it. had a little segment, 15 minutes right at the beginning of the show. The beginning. That's yeah. the best part. I know. It was the best part. <laughs> and it was crazy because nobody, there was nothing like this. Keep in mind, Wait, this give is it a year? 2000, 2001, 2002, right in there. And so there no. just wasn't radio shows. Everyone has a podcast now. Everyone has their own show. You can go Facebook Live. You, you can go Instagram Live. <laughs> Anyone can do what they want. But at the time, you just didn't have access to it. And as I was telling you, Stephen Abbas came on the show, and he just couldn't believe there was a wrestling show because he was from California, yeah. so he was at 8 o'clock Pacific. He just couldn't believe there could be a wrestling show out there. And he said, I've never heard of this before. It was just so, so strange. So that's 20 years ago. To think how far we've come in that time. Even to the point in 2011, they were recording Jordan Burroughs at the World Championships on a Handycam and then uploading it to YouTube. Nothing was live. And I remember there's actually an interview that you did with him right after. And I think it had to be uploaded later. But it was not live. None of that was, was live. live. Yeah, no. 2011, and we're here we are in 2022, and everything's live. We have all this incredible access. This is being streamed live. So the, the technology from 20 years ago to 10 years ago till now, it's pretty remarkable. 20 years ago, you were doing the slam, Saturday Night I would have been, yeah, 20 years, yeah. Uh, give or take. 10 years ago, what were you doing? That would have been 2011. I would have been working at the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Museum. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. Would you? Okay, go ahead. Which I didn't volunteer for. Mark actually thought I volunteered there. He I didn't, didn't know. It was he didn't think it was my full-time job. At the time, I had no idea. I'd never yeah. been there. I didn't know what, what, what went to it. I get it. Kind the of the big time asked the small time and this wondering guy. what's going on. But um, that would have, what, I would have been doing that at the time. Okay, did you do any other wrestling gigs between slam and the hall of fame that was it i did uh wrestling 411 with jason, jason. bryant in 2008 to 2009 which is remarkable because that was the the worst year of my life which ended up being one of the best years for what i'm doing now because it really was a a precursor to what i'm doing now as far as content so it, that year gave me the skills and, and developed a lot of skills that i continue to use now 
but it was a miserable year. Why? It was just... 2012, 11? That was 2008 to 2009. Terrible year. Terrible year. Why? It was... I was in a, a small little box apartment, didn't know anyone. It, kept in there. I, I just said, this isn't going to work. And Why? so it, it just... The funding wasn't there. It didn't feel right. It just felt like we were trying to cobble this together. wasn't necessarily the plan that was laid out that, that we needed it to work. And it didn't. It only lasted a year. So I, I remember I paid taxes for Iowa and Minnesota since I lived there since I knew it wasn't going to work. I just was like, I'm going to keep my address in Cedar Falls, keep it in Minnesota. I'll be back at some point. And I was. So, one year. Yeah, one year. And, but it, it really did. It laid the foundation. So I'm super grateful for Jay Robinson for actually reaching out. I didn't even apply. He wanted to bring me on and be part of that. And super great experience in hindsight, but it was a miserable year. You can't, Sometimes I think you romanticize the past and think, oh, it was awesome because it built you all those skills. No, it was terrible. <laughs> it, it was awful year. I was, I was miserable was the whole time. Was it your full-time job? It was my full-time job. Yeah. yeah. It was just uh, it was horrendous. But now as you look back at it and you grow and you think about all the things it did for you, it's easy to think that was the, the best year of your life, which <laughs> it was in some ways because of what it, it did for me. You're romanticizing it. Yeah, I'm romanticizing it. So, but it, it was an important year, but a terrible year to go through. It's funny. That was my first year here, 2008, 2009. Really? Yeah. Um, so from there, you went to the Hall of Fame. I did. You were there for how long? I went Full-time to track job. wrestling in 2019. Okay. I did. And so, but that's the other interesting piece is Andy Hamilton, who was with track wrestling, he wanted to he was looking at different jobs and I always told him, I said, we cannot lose you in this state. He said, we cannot lose you. And so Andy said, Hey, you remember you, you would always tell me you can't lose me. He said, what would you think about letting me have an office out of the Gable museum? I said, yeah, absolutely. We had an open Andy office. One? Yeah. And so while he was at track, well, he, he was at track, but he was living in Cedar falls where I was. Uh-huh. And so he had moved there he with his girlfriend. He wanted a place to work. And so I said, yeah, we have an open office. And so we didn't charge him. So, me getting hired at Track Wrestling is a result of having the guy that would make the decision, Andy Hamilton, right across the office. So, again, just those, those timing pieces and somehow the foresight of, of having Andy there. So I got hired by Andy in 2019. The merger happened with Flow Sports in 2021, and here we are today. But it wasn't that it wasn't quite that simple. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. The merger <laughs> so, was it was rough. But but even the before that, right, get, getting getting two track, right? Like we were rivals. We were we, we were, were enemies is a strong word, but um what was your perception of flow? Maybe coming into track and then it did it change when you got there? I always felt like we were not supposed to like flow. I, I never subscribed to that, but I had a for me I had a a policy that I couldn't look at flow unless I had to. So I would not go to the flow wrestling website. Literally look at it. Correct. Because it was so good. And so when I would see the broadcast, I'd see the streams, I'd just see how high level the production was because we were different. We had to be in a different lane. It was me and Andy and we're working out of Andy's bedroom. You have this studio and you have this facility and we didn't have any of that. You guys have the, seven, eight member staff. It was me and Andy. So yeah. if I were to look at that, that would depress me. 
because I knew that we didn't have some of those technological advantages. So I knew we had to get creative. We had to, to create our own lane, which I think we did. I think we were uniquely different from you yeah. guys. And so I would watch the the flow documentaries and uh, Shane Sparks and I always talk about it. They're just so good and they're so inspirational. And you, sometimes you would have to watch Final X and you're just like, man, this is, this is an incredible production. Yeah. And I wish I had some of this. So I just tried to steer clear of that. But I didn't have the animosity that some of those guys did. I only heard about that retroactively, yeah. that there was the animosity. And then you hear the stories. And then when the merger happened, we had a <laughs> three-hour story hour. And I didn't know some of this stuff. It was just, it blew me away, some of the, the competition and the hatred. And I always liked you and, and the staff, but I, I just always tried to make sure that I steered clear of, of the website because it would have sent me down a spiral. Can you, are there any clean stories you can tell about that three hour story time? There, there was one 2017, just the, the clean version. I, I know Andy was there and it was at Final X and they were worried about Andy poaching some information from flow. This was just, this is when it was really in the, in the it heat. Was it was the track, the track flow. And then Shane Sparks was with track wrestling and then he was doing the announcing for USA wrestling for, for USA wrestling flow. and then they had a, a flow mic as he was with track wrestling so it would be like someone working for NBC with an ABC mic announcing so yeah. it was yeah that that's the cliff notes version or the safe version that you can tell about but there were all kinds of those that I didn't get in on cuz I was only there a year and a half and then I guess you guys heard rumblings about the merger. So we didn't know any of this. Yeah. We didn't know any of this was going on. And when I got the, the news that we had been bought by Flow Sports, I was initially excited. And for, for whatever reason, I was like, yeah, let's do this in the first couple hours. But then your mind goes to dark places. And that was a terrible night of sleep. I can remember just making up stuff in my head about what was going to happen and who I was going to have to work with. And because of those rivalry pieces yeah. that that happened before had a call with you that lasted an hour and, and talked through things and just went through and wanted to get as much information so i would say the first three people i i would say i was number one or two on my i there was no question i was going to go to flow there was no question andy was number 12 there were the track people I was number one or two after the meeting. What do you mean here, number one or two? People said, I'm in. I'm in. There was no question because in my head, I wanted to work in the wrestling space. Yeah. And this was gonna, so I'm going to be all in for the wrestling space as long as I can. As long as I, I live, I want to be in the wrestling space. Yeah. So this gave me the best opportunity to do that. So I was going to ride that train as Hell long yeah. as possible. Andy was number 12. He, he just had reservations. He submitted his, I want to say, by the deadline was this midnight deadline. I think he submitted his at 10 o'clock. Wow. The night before that deadline. <laughs> he was and it, it was just, uh, he was just so exhausted. He said, I think I'm going to do it. Now he loves it. Yeah. He, he said, I don't know why I would have ever thought otherwise. But I was number one or two. I went to number 12 after the, the, off, or the initial meeting here because I just was, I, I was stunned. I, we were coming off COVID. I wasn't working with anyone. It felt like we were in all these meetings. I was so confused. Where, where's my <laughs> place in this? I really was. I was scared out of my mind. I had anxiety attacks for, for four months, panic attacks. It, it was brutal. For real? It was at four months. I, I was in rough shape. Finally, you kind of get into the processes and we get into the top 100 and all these projects and you really get, get a feel. And 
it's the best decision of my life. I love working here. It's a fantastic company. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Just feel grateful to, to be part of this company. But it's a it's a strange journey when you put me on the spot and, and have me think back about yeah. it because so many things shouldn't have worked out. Like I said, and I didn't mention this on the Saturday Night Slam, I would go to the University of Iowa and I'd transcribe all of the interview because I had it on that tape recorder. I'd transcribe it and then I'd send it to the wrestlingball.com and then there would be a transcript of the, the interview, whoever I interviewed. That was 2002. So How long would it take? How, what, 15 minutes at the beginning of the show? 15 minutes. How long does it take you to take, transcribe a 15-minute uh, conversation? It was just on an email, so it wasn't even on a Word document. I'd just pull up my email, and then i How long it. would it take I'm going to guess hour and a half, 90 minutes. Yeah, okay, tell me. Just, yeah, this is yeah. not... So 15 to 20-minute interview, yeah, you're you're going through it. And, you, and then if you miss a word, you have to audibly just hit the tape recorder and go back to where you missed. And, yeah. So you, so you would play it, let a couple of sentences run out, stop it, type those, play it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it, it takes a little while. It's not like now where you can hit that ten second button and go back. You'd have to hit the hit the rewind. But all fundamental to where I am today. Those those moments got me to to this point, and super grateful. It's uh like I said, it's a great company to be a part of, and I love the team here. All my trepidation about the team and who you're working with have gone away over the course of time, and I, I love being part of the team. But there are those those tough moments those quit points you have to get by and i'm glad i did that's crazy that you said there there was tension from those guys i didn't feel any tension towards track wrestling <laughs> <laughs> he tried to ditch me 2018 world championships you gotta tell this we didn't, you, you did i don't remember exactly how it went though i do know and i wasn't we, even on track yet i was just we, freelancing we, we tried to set a diversion or something i, I yeah. it was me me and mike and we the at the at the world championships, the the USA Wrestling media, it's usually flow track USA Wrestling. Intermat might have somebody there, and maybe yeah. there's one or two or a couple other. There's not a whole lot of people, and you're kind of tracking the athletes down and getting interviews together. But we were wanting to get a unique moment of a, a, a wrestler set, coming off out of the arena and celebrating, or after a loss or something. It was like, man, we want to get this cool moment, but we don't want. We don't want Kyle, <laughs> Kyle to get that cool moment. We want to just uh, get that cool moment. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, well, I'll go down to the mix zone and I'll be by Kyle and we'll kind of hang out there. And Mike, you sneak around to wherever that, the other back hallway or something because we know that this dramatic, something was going to happen or somebody <laughs> was going to walk by or, or whatever it was to get a cool behind the scenes clip. And so, yeah, we, we, we did a. Well, the fast one on Kyle. Yeah, was, and then I obviously told him about it. Yeah, later. I know about it, but it was. I, that's the thing is through it all, I always liked Mark, and and I didn't really know anyone else, so it wasn't like I disliked, yeah, or liked. But I'd always liked Mark and appreciated the work he did and and being in those. And I I always felt like it was respectful. I never saw you guys and and wanted to to go and rough run rough shot on you and yeah. make sure we got rid of you. But it was. But there was also a distance, like hey, that's the flow team. Yeah, it, it, distance is a good word for it. Yeah, if if we were at, at the <laughs> if we were at the World Championships 2019, flow was over here, track was over here. We didn't want to be close to you. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. and so, but you could talk and say hello, but we weren't going to get. Yeah, no, always burger. cordial yeah. uh, with you and Andy, and I, I do remember one time back in we'll call it 20. 
eighth. It's, it's not, it wasn't at an event. I was at my house. I feel like I was around the Super Bowl. Andy texted me something about, hey, can you take this down or not share something on social media? Or, oh, I remember or, well. Something. And I and I, well. I fired back. I, I got real chippy, which I never had done. <laughs> I wasn't like that with Andy. And I think something else was probably bothering me. And I was like, okay, you must have just – you don't get it, Hamilton, or something. Yeah. And an then Instagram. the next day I yeah. called him and I'm like, hey man, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I shouldn't be like that. But, it, but uh, again, just the, where you have to get through some of those, those mental moments. Yeah. My first job, I was, I was going out to Las Vegas for the U.S. Open in 2019 anyway, and I just gotten hired. And so I was going out there for a pro wrestling event for the Gable Museum. It didn't work out because I had, I had left. But I thought, I'm going to go to the U.S. Open anyway. They said, all right, great, just cover it. So I can remember sitting there. It was all the flow staff, I'm going to guess seven, and it was just me. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I in for here? It's just me working here on the track wrestling side, and they got seven people. I don't, I'm out of my league here. I just remember thinking that. And then finally you get into the, the work, and you start getting going, and, and you figure things out. But it was my first... <laughs> first assignment and it's it was overwhelming I but wouldn't yeah but you that. would never but you'd never think that because you have those those moments and those internal conversations in your head it uh you have to get through those those times um well it's interesting too because you know flow was like a, a digital media company from the start whereas track was a software company and really tracks especially at that time it's like, man, they were meat management, 80, probably 90% as where we were that much, you know, video and, and articles. And um, so it was, I see where it'd be tough on your end. Now our engineers might have been in the back, man, how the hell do we make software for brackets where you guys are yeah. like, ha, we're fucking <laughs> spinning out like yarn, you know, like, but yeah. It is. It's interesting. Just yeah. the, the lane and, and how you how you figure things out, how the process is, and just even the, the technological pieces on the CMS, which is the content management system that we post on, just yeah. some of the, the archaic things that we had to do for track wrestling. And I think from what I hear that you have some stories too about some oh, archaic yeah. systems where you have to <laughs> post things, type things manually, things that we take for granted now because it's just so slick and easy. Yeah. But at the time, there were so many manual processes in place that you had to go through. Even the it's something as simple as posting a picture. We had to go to AWS, post it in there, and then post it on track. Now with ours, we can just post a picture on there. So it's uh, it's pretty neat to see. So yeah. I've learned a ton in the last couple of years being with Flow and more to go. Yeah. I think for me, uh, I guess just getting to, to working with you, like and you brought up earlier, the, the first thing that we really got to work on together that I enjoyed was the Top 100. Because we, we, we started this Top 100 idea to, over covid and we weren't really doing much for just powwow on and we kind of put a really rough assembly or order together and we, hey, this is maybe the top 100. Here's 20 other guys that girls could, could maybe mix in there. And like getting you on board, we were like, when the merger happened, we we're like, yo, we, I think Christian was like, hey, we got, Kling, Klingman has to be part of this. We got to get him involved. And um, that was fun. That was a fun project. It yeah, was, yeah. again, let's not romanticize it. It was fun, but mind numbing. I do remember those yeah. those two hour phone oh, calls. Like it, who my goes, head would hurt. Like getting into the minutia. Yeah, that um, that was it was difficult because you're balancing liking people because there's people that you really like and you you don't want to see them that low potentially or <laughs> higher. And so 
you're you're fighting on credentials and saying, all right, d- this qualifies more than that, and how do you add in the NCAA championship piece? How much is this world championship? How much are you weighting that era versus the current era? And it was it was difficult, especially when you throw in everything. It was women's wrestling, it was men's wrestling, it was Greco, it was college, it was freestyle. How much do you? And we left the we left the Tulsa Nationals out. We left Tulsa Nationals out. Yeah, but it was th- those meetings at the end. Your head would hurt, and you'd say, "We we just got to stop here because we got to just regroup. Let's look at it again." And I think the overriding feeling was that nobody agreed with the the final list because everyone has <laughs> everyone has a thought on this person belongs to be here. I still feel Gable should have been a little bit higher, <laughs> but that's just, that's the fun part about yeah. it is that you talk about it, you argue it. And that's why lists are great is because everyone's going to be upset. Everyone's going to have question marks. I, I don't know that we got blasted a whole lot. I think there were some people disappointed with where they were, but I'm still proud of the work we did on that. Proud of the work. I, I, I'll give a huge shout to you because uh, we could have done it without you, but it would have been diff- more difficult and well, it would have been different, clearly. Yeah. But, but to, and, and like you said, any people you get rolling together on that, yeah, it's going to be gonna just be a different. little bit different. And it's going to be different now, especially since when we went. Jordan. Think of all the things that have happened since that point. Namely, number one. Yeah. And, I, and I, it's hard to argue that Jordan's two. But you could say six in a row still yeah. trumps There's seven. There's still arguments, but then Dake years. adds to it. Yeah. And then all, just a whole bunch of different elements that, that factor into it. So it's it's a lot of fun. I, I want to make sure that happens another 10 years down the line. Let's not do it right away. But it, it was a big project, but I'm glad we did it. Heck, yeah. Um, and I, I feel like we, we need to wind down by the end of the hour because I think another show is coming in here. But any other um, thoughts on, on your your role here and, and maybe, maybe even um, – Favorite, you've done a lot of different things, right? Favorite things, events you've been to, projects you've worked on, etc. Article series you've gone, at, you've done. Proud of the the women's wrestling coverage that I, I've been able to be a part of. I think it's a, a a wonderful lane that I hope people will explore and learn more about because these women have such compelling stories and it's such an entertaining product. And we saw that at the World Cup, so. To see how women's wrestling is flourishing and to see at the edge of the mat all these women signing autographs, taking pictures, and they're being recognized, knowing where that came from. We've talked with Asun Johnston and Shannon Williams and Trisha Saunders from those early just primitive years where it was just these were aliens yeah. in a world that what, – what's going on? Women's wrestling, this is, this is crazy. I've never heard of this. To now being recognized, seeing – huge retention at the World Cup where they're sticking around for it and watching it, getting the the credit that they deserve. So I love being part of that women's wrestling movement and seeing that uh, move forward here at Flow Wrestling. Yeah, and you you do a fantastic job, no doubt. Appreciate it. You're one of the best in the industry, top to bottom, and that included. Um, And unfortunately, I have to spend most days with you. I know, but we work remote, so it works out that we don't. It's better off. We don't have the the tension that would happen in studio. It's happening right now. Yeah, twice a year we can handle this, and you get it today on the Bader Show. Um, so so tonight is the annual Christmas party, and Kyle has this annual tradition of singing karaoke, taking his shirt off, and swinging it around over his head uh, after a bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah, it's uh, it's just what I do. Started when I was twelve years old, and 
my dad told me about it said hey son just go out there and make me proud and that's what i felt was the best way to do it i don't know i don't know if there's a better way to close out the show kyle thanks thank you all right that's gonna do it for today's show kyle klingman whatever and i'm sure there's a lot more we could have got into but kind of the uh the quick version of your wrestling story more to go (laughs) thanks everybody thanks